1: Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, we are back in the can with another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. I am the fucking pilot, and I got another victim in here with me uh, to chat about some really cool shit. So uh tell me, who are you and what the fuck do you do? Hey Damon my name is Andy Ford, uh, UK skydiver. over. Um, how'd you end up doing that? Is it your only
0: extreme sport? Uh, have you been doing it for a while? Okay. So back in 88, I'm having a beer. It always starts with a beer, right? Always. And, uh, my buddy turned around and goes, I did a parachute jump. You'd love it. And I'd had enough to go, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Oh, a lot of that's happened. And then a couple of weeks later, he, uh, he asked me for a deposit and I was like, what, what, what for? You know, you know, I'm only 25 pound, like 40 bucks. I said, what's that for? He said, the parachute jump. And I was like, oh yeah, that rings a bell couple of weeks later there i am 2500 feet i have a 206 static lime rounds oh man and uh yeah the guy's shouting at me in the door go and uh i i think it took two jumps and i knew that it was my life yeah and that's weird because like back then i was uh, playing hockey uh, like roller hockey and bmxing and doing silly shit but i was 18 years old and I think on my logbook or my log sheet at the time, didn't have a logbook. Was, uh, I think I did eight jumps, and it was on the bottom I'd written, uh, Skydive to live, live to skydive. And I look at that today, and it makes me giggle because here I am 30 years in, and I want to do as much as I can every day. Wow. Isn't
1: that crazy? That's quite the history too. I mean, that's not we're not talking about a small amount of jumping. You've been at it for quite some time.
0: Uh, it's, a, it's a lifestyle.
1: Wow, wow. So what was it about the sport that drew
0: you in? I mean- I guess the the original few jumps- the terror that begins when you leave, like when you're in the plane, you know, there's. I mean, I used to drive to the drop zone, my buddy used to drive me to the drop zone, and I would hope it was too windy. You know, <laughs> get that. And then they'd give me the anemometer, you know, and I'd go out and they'd go, go and check the winds. Right. And I'd go and stand out there and I'd stick my hand in the air for five minutes and it wouldn't go over 10 knots, which was for the rounds, that was the limit. Right. And I'd think, I could just say it was 12, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that would disappoint everybody else. Right. And so I'd go back and go, so it was eight knots. <laughs> and they'd be like, get your kit on. I think what have I just done? And it was just—it was a real fight within yourself oh, because yeah. you want to do it, but you're terrified of doing it. Oh yeah. And then you get past that point, and it's then a, you just can't do enough. And it's
1: a tough battle to get past that, though, isn't it? I mean, it is. I, I, I and a lot uh, of people don't manage it. I had a place um, for the longest time. I had a spot on the freeway where I could turn around. No personal questions to myself asked. If I hit that spot and I wasn't feeling it, I could turn around. I never used it. But I had that spot that I could turn around, and I could go home and not feel ashamed. But if I drove past that point, I was fucking going. That was it. It took a
0: long time. It does. And I i, mean, I can't tell you how many times. I i think I had a 12-week break, round parachutes back in the day. You know, We're looking at the winds over 10, you weren't jumping, and the winds are always over 10, let's be fair. And in mm. the UK especially, it was tough. It was tough on the round parachutes to get to the point where you were actually getting to jump a lot. And uh, so I spent a lot of time drinking, partying, having fun, but I didn't have any money. So mm. I literally just have enough money to jump. Sure. Pack a few round parachutes, get a couple of pounds for doing that, right. and then put it back in. And I was getting in debt, and it was just a spiral. <laughs> but I was so addicted.
1: It's well, and it seems to be an extremely common theme: is that skydivers pick the worst fucking time to become skydivers. Like, nobody says, yeah, I had a shitload of money, uh, and I just wanted to go spend some of it and become a skydiver. That's n- it's <laughs> yeah, never no – it's always I was eating fucking ramen and, and yep. you know, gathering up spare change so I could go make a jump. And nobody started working in the sport because they had a desire to pack parachutes. They wanted to jump. Yeah. So,
0: well, the can, old joke was like, how do you make a million out of skydive and It started off with 10 million. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it, right? that's, that's, that's so yeah. true. And it well, is true to this day. People say, how much is it going to cost me? I'm like, uh, everything.
1: Yeah. What's the old joke? Half your income for the rest of your, or uh, $300 for your first jump and half your income for the rest
0: of your life. That's it. Pretty so pretty I an Apple product. So, <laughs> so right?
1: Uh, yeah. Get you by the balls. Yeah. Well, so you're hooked um, pretty much right away, but you're fighting the, that internal battle. I did the exact same thing, uh, but you got, passed it enough to become an active skydiver but you're fighting weather you're fighting money and all that how did you manage to stay in it for 30 years what what did what I, was the next step
0: well i'm I'm now like in in a little bit of debt and i'm i was 18 when i started i'm now 20 i've got maybe pff, nearly 100 skydives um so it's taken a little while to get the jumps up i'm on square parachutes as well i bought my first parachute it's mm. a it's a fury uh, actually it was a maverick 200 square foot f-111 maverick fantastic i loved it to pieces And I thought, uh, the job I was doing, I was a painter and decorator, and uh, the job was going downhill. We had a big crash in the UK with the housing market. No one was getting anyone to do any trades. Mm. So, I joined the Air Force, and I did uh, 14 years in the Air Force, and I literally joined the Air Force to see if I could skydive for free. I didn't join the Air Force because I wanted to be in the military or wanted to serve my country. I wanted to skydive, and I would find any way of doing it, and I ended up going on advanced courses which is the military sort of two week course where you can go along and, and and do some jumps and it's a personal development course I kicked the outside of those I did a lot of those we were actually known as the course getters because there was a few of us would always see each other like navy guys army guys nice. air force guys and uh, and I my ceo pulled me into the office maybe like my first year in the uh, in in the air force and he said what do you want to do I said I want to work at western on the green at the sport parachute center as the rigger because I'd gone into the air force doing uh, parachute rigging and stuff okay. and uh, and he said well he said you know that that's probably never going to happen there's only one slot in the air force for that and I went it'll happen and in 96 I got my 95 I got my riggers rating 99 I was posted to western on the green and I stayed there for 10 years
1: now, Weston on the Green, I've heard that before. I've
0: never been, but I've, it's a very famous drop zone, yeah. It was in the UK. It's now only uh, only military. It was a civilian drop zone at weekend called RAFSPA, Royal Air Force Sport Parachute Association. Okay. And that was uh, just a full-time weekend party skydiving, and we had a, a, an Islander, an uh, Cessna, and I didn't stop. That's awesome.
1: Well, and I'd imagine uh, uh, if for nothing else, just because of weather-wise, is not exactly conducive, like you've already said. So the partying had to get out of control because you got to do something with all that fucking energy.
0: Yeah, there's been uh, there's, there's 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 been a few you know <sighs> throttle to bottle or bottle to throttle uh, eight hours here, right? So uh, you know I'd be sweeping people out the bar at four in the morning, and I was doing camera. Now I so I got like, I wanted to do uh, from pretty much. Um, I think 25 jumps in, I saw the guy doing the most jumps was the guy with the camera. Mm. And I thought, "Mm, that guy's got it He's got it made. And so as soon as I had 200 jumps, I could put a camera on my head. That was me. I bought the camera. I was going into the electronics store and I was checking out cameras. Like I had 30, 40 jumps just because I was so so besotted with skydiving. And I wanted to do camera to do more skydiving. And as soon as I could get a camera, that was me. 200 jumps. I did my first camera jump. Awesome. That was in 1990.
1: Awesome. All right. Yeah. My my first uh, camera jump. I didn't. Uh, uh, I didn't even really plan to be honest. I was at uh, Paris Valley with a guy by the name of Kevin Love, uh, who I worked with in the uh, off and on in the wind tunnel in Las Vegas, and uh, I had, I want to say, 25 jumps at the time, and he had one of those uh, um, headhunter helmets. You I remember those? I had
0: a headhunter. Yeah. It took me about a year and a half to get it, but I had one.
1: Yeah. So he had one of the headhunter helmets and he wanted to do a four-way with uh, uh, Lou Sanborn, Juliana C, the guy that owned uh, uh flyaway at the time, Gary Spear, and uh, um, him. And uh, he's like, well, fuck, I, I want video of this because I'm going to go jump with-, with Lou Sanborn. Hey, all right. And I was a tunnel instructor, so I could fly pretty good in free fall, but uh, I sucked under the parachute, 25 fucking jumps. Uh, and you see, like, here you go. Put this on. Yeah, if it's okay, fuck it. So you're just going to hit this button. I'll make sure it's rolling. Just stay
0: kind of over top and look at us. Brilliant. That was it. First yeah. jump. And that was a great helmet as well, the Headhunter. It's a great Back helmet. Back in the day, first yeah. full-face helmet or pretty much one of the early full-face helmets. Yep.
1: <sighs> What's funny, because I've still got the 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 one that I ended up buying, I'm sure you know as well, was the Pararaptor, which was the one that came yeah. out after the side or before the Sidewinder. Um, That was the best damn camera helmet ever,
0: and I still have it. It's the only one I ever owned.
1: Fantastic. Yeah,
0: jumped it forever. Yeah. So
1: you started shooting video.
0: Yep, that was 1990. Then when I joined the air force, um, I I took a little break, not not too long, but like uh, I think I did about two jumps in in six months because I was in training. Oh wow! Then when I got posted out to uh, my my first air force base, I just every weekend I would walk hitch, like just get to the drop zone. Um, whatever yeah, you had to do, uh, huh? literally, and it is whatever you have to do, right? It doesn't matter what you have to do; you just get there. Yeah, and you it doesn't matter whether it's like. I've been at the drop zone for a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. And the Sunday afternoon, the wind's dropping. limits, you do one sky Live, You go home the happiest guy in the world.
1: Oh, absolutely! You and got that's your, it. You got to do it.
0: That's it. Um, I think a lot of people forget that you know you lose that feeling where oh, we haven't done ten today, and it's like really
1: yeah, come
0: on, we're we're so spoiled.
1: Yeah, but well, we're fucking old in it. We're so we get to look back in hindsight at a lot of the stupid shit that we were thinking and doing, and realize oh wait no this
0: is-. oh yeah, and it's stuff now. I look at people and I go what are you doing. And they're like, oh, I'm doing so-and-so. And i am like, dude, don't be daft. do right. I'm thinking, yeah, you did that. Yeah. So oh, many God, times. yeah. Such an idiot. Oh, for
1: all the times uh, I've tried to correct people and don't do this and don't do that and, and shaking my head because they're being idiots, I was 10 times the idiot.
0: Yeah. Getting in the Cessna he revved it up at the end of the runway he pile down the runway about three feet off the runway and we'd go past the fuel pump there'd be four people in the uh, or five people in the Cessna one kneeling leaning forwards to the CAG no door and the guy would nail it up vertical and he'd get to 400 feet and as he went over the top you'd all be like "Whoa!" Like, you're in the space shuttle. And I look back at that now and think, holy fuck, how did we ever survive How did someone not go out the door? How did we even – if Uh, someone did that now, (laughs) right? (laughs) I'd lose my shit. I know.
1: I know. uh, Oh, if I look back at at a lot of the shit that we did back then, how in the hell we got through it is beyond me. Beyond me. Well, so you you managed to uh, spend 12 years in the military just to be able to jump out of airplanes. Pretty much. Um, but you'd started shooting video and doing all this, so you make it through your military time, uh, and um, you eventually transition to being a full time jumper. Uh, well,
0: I was, yeah. I, every weekend I was calving kind of an anyway in the military, and then I was very lucky because when we went over to El Centro, California, I used to jump out the C one hundred and thirty. Anyway, they they was the I was the only guy who wasn't at the parachute school he was cleared to jump, which was pretty cool. So I did a lot of jumps out the C one hundred and thirty. Nice four-way, whatever. It didn't matter. And uh, because I was a civilian jumper, I was like, just flying around people. It was great fun. Right. Uh, because obviously the military were the best. Um, right. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I can just fly. Right. And then, uh, so I'm doing tandems up in, I guess, 92 to 96, I did tandems. And then I met a guy called Mike Frost, who was uh, on the drop zone with a surf board. And he said to me, he said, do you want to film me? And I just looked at it and went, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I went out the door and with him, and he was used to someone who couldn't stay with him out the door so he did some funky stuff with his arms and started rocketing away so we talked about it and I went don't do that I I can film you just be normal and um, we ended up doing a thousand jumps together
1: wow Wow. Um, Skystriving was, uh, um, yeah, I suppose it
0: was right around 95, 96. It started to become all the rage. Yeah. Well, it was already going when he was already doing it and I was doing the, the, the tandem stuff. And I, I learned a little bit about camera. You know what it's like? You can go out in any position and still keep stuff in focus. That's mm. the cat's the camera roll. It teaches you a huge amount. And, uh, and it, we're not talking GoBros, you know, we're talking proper top mount cameras and steel cameras. <laughs> proper
1: massive Old top style. mount. Yeah.
0: And uh and I I just flew with Mike and then in ninety six uh, we he said to me, Look, he said we've we've done maybe 40 jumps together. Um I want to go to Paris Valley for the SSI Pro Tour mm. tryouts. Yeah. And I was like, what is it? He said it's the ESPN Pro Tour. If we can get through the I think it was two jumps, if we get through the two jumps on the tryouts, we enter into the competition a bit like f1 you know you gain your points then you go to the x games and i sure. was like yeah i'm good i'm up for it and he's like well we've got this sponsorship and that sponsorship and we were super lucky man we we're sponsored by playstation sponsored by converse trainers you know we had a little bit of uh, of assistance and the air force were good too man because i was competing for the uk kind of right, thing right uh i might have fudged that a little bit but um well i'm competing for the uk so they gave me time off uh, yeah 96 Paris Valley I'm looking around there's Patrick de on and you know there's these guys I'm just looking around uh Troy Hartman and the two, uh, just different teams and I'm well, seeing yeah. these guys on video and there I am sat at the pool having a briefing for a competition with them oh yeah I mean you got uh, uh,
1: at the time you had Vic and Troy um, they they won which year did they
0: win um, Vic I think won 97 oh there was Bob Griner was it ninety seven or ninety mm, six? be ninety six because Bob yeah. Griner won ninety seven with Cliff Birch. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, because Vic passed away in ninety seven. So yeah, they won ninety six. Uh, and I don't know, I'm just totally out my depth. I'm sat next to Olaf Zipzer on the aeroplane, and I've like, you know, I've got the the Chronicles free Fly videos. and oh, there's, yeah, This guy's sat next to me, and he's doing his cutaway up, and his, uh, and he's got a pair of jeans on. You know, I've got a jumpsuit. He's got a pair of jeans on. He's put himself in the sky surfboard, and uh, he stands up. And his board cuts away the bindings because his, uh, his cutaway is going out the top of his jeans above his belt.
1: And for those that don't um, know, dis- describe real quick um, the cutaway system for a skysurf board.
0: We have um, the same as if you have like a, a kite board, you have uh, or a windsurf board, you have foot bindings. And to get out of the foot bindings, because they literally tie you into the board, uh, you have like a three-ring circus on the, on, the, on the foot bindings. And you can pull a cable which comes up through each leg to a central point. You pull that and it pops both bindings and you can get rid of the board. If you're in trouble, you know, you, you pop the board uh, and it will just float down and you pick it up. And uh, so every time he stood up, it, it would pop the cutaway because it wasn't quite long enough. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, dude, like th- we're nearly on running now. And I'm laughing right. because it's funny, but I'm also so nervous as well. I'm, of course. Oh, shitting myself. This is such a big arena for me to be in. Sure uh and mike's there with his crazy dreadlocks and his sunglasses wrapped around his head and i'm like this is such a surreal scene now looking back uh and so yeah i love just uh undid his zip fly and popped the cutaway out of the zip fly so it was like three or four inches lower and got out and cracked on yeah that sounds about <laughs> right it was <laughs> that's, that's about
1: the same time i met i met him a couple of years later in 98 when uh, my uh, skycer partner and myself were competing in the nationals um and uh I was blown away by him because it was the same thing I had grown up to in the sport to see him in Chronicles and and these iconic videos to anybody that's watched any of those. This is back when Free Flying was basically just being born, uh, and they were doing shit that just was unreal. And I remember meeting uh, Omar was at the drop zone at the time because he was uh, competing in uh, freestyle, and so all these people are there. And I remember meeting Olav, and he wanted nothing to do with me. This is back when Olaf knew he was Olaf.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And I remember walking away a little bit bummed, but then I met Omar, who completely changed he was that. Like completely opposite, fucking yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, uh, to, to cut a long story short, uh, meeting uh,
0: Olaf years and years later, he's the biggest sweetheart ever.
1: Yeah, so nice uh, change.
0: Uh, yeah, and and I think it was just uh, and, and I've met Olaf on various occasions, and he's lovely. Oh yeah, but I think at the time he was cresting that wave, you know. And he was, was like, that's am, when he was. I am, uh, I am free fly. Yeah. I am free fly. Oh, and, and, he I, was. and he was, and yeah, there's no doubt about it. He oh. did some incredible things to push the sport forward. That was kind of uh, the thing
1: is is uh, although it was a, a bit of a bruise to my ego, he deserved every bit of ego he had at yeah, the time. Yeah. I mean, holy shit, the guy was doing shit that people didn't think was possible. Yeah, this is not very long after. A People Thought it was amazing if you could pass a baton in fucking free fall. Yeah. Just and a now, few years, right? yeah. And Crazy. he's playing catch upside down with a lead weighted tennis ball. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
0: I mean, I still see stuff on some of them Chronicle videos now that I think. Dude, I know people that would struggle to do that. I oh, yeah. think they're good free flyers.
1: You know, oh, well, there, was some, s- there
0: was some angle stuff in that where they all had the same t shirt on. I can't remember the company that sponsored them, but they are all. And you can just see him waving people into slot. Just oh, yeah. like you, come forward. Brilliant. He, no, he was, it was such next level for oh, him. Yeah, it was incredible. And it still is. I've got him on VHS now, and i tell you now, I'd still happily sit through Chronicles 1, 2, or 3. Oh, God, yeah. They're hilarious. The Sublime soundtrack, which then completely turned me on to Sublime. I loved them. Yeah, me too. And well, it just blew my mind. Yeah. The
1: one clip in Chronicles uh, to a Sublime song was the, the Mississippi song, and it's Olaf's over in the distance on his head, and he runs. Yeah, yeah. Upside down yeah. to the camera, does two or three cartwheels, and turns around then. and runs away. Yeah. And I remembered watching that over and over and over again going, holy shit. Yeah. And at the time, the Sublime music was not my style music. And as yeah. soon as I finished
0: with that, it, it totally was. I, was. I did the same thing. I bought oh, yeah. uh, mini discs. I bought them on mini disc. Yep. Wicked. Uh, and Mike Vale. Yep. Mike Vale was flying with uh, Olav, Charles Bryan, and those guys were insane. Yep. Yeah. No. Oh, um, you know what? They, 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 they set the benchmark and without tunnels. That's the insane thing. When you look at it and you go, well, these guys didn't train anywhere, but in the sky. 45 seconds at a time. Boom.
1: Yeah. Insane. Well, and I told the story when I sat and I had uh, Craig Girard over and we were talking about the Vegas tunnel, because that's the tunnel I worked in. And there were only three tunnels at the time, Fort Bragg, uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and Vegas. Yep. Uh, and they were all just for play. Big old balloon suits, 120 miles an hour of mushy wind. and uh, But you'd learn how to fly the shit out of those suits. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, my partner and I would go down to Paris Valley all the time to train, because we needed the auto for sky surfing. But then, of course, we'd go back to Vegas. And we ended up becoming uh, somewhat friends with the Flyboys at the time, Eli Fritz and the guys. And they all came down to Vegas to fly the tunnel. And it was the funniest fucking thing in the world because again, I'd watch the Flyboys on these Chronicles videos doing the most amazing things. Yeah, but then they that got into- head
0: down helicopter spin. Oh yeah, <sighs> yeah. that Eli would do for days. Yeah. yeah,
1: but they got in the tunnel and it was just disaster. It was wonderful, you know, because I'm watching these guys just flailing everywhere. Oh, dude, I've
0: been in that Vegas tunnel. And I had some tunnel hours and I got in there and it's like an American football helmet with the grid at the front. And it's uh, you amazing. Got a, you got a suit, which isn't even around the cuff. It's like a wizard sleeve. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is a bit strange. My girl and I were in Vegas anyway, so we just popped in. Um, and yeah, we flew. And <laughs> it was a humbling experience. And when you see people that were flying up and jump, you had to bounce off the wall really yep. to just, just keep jumping in and out of the airflow. And I could backfly in it and I could flip to front. And the guy's like, Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at the guy driving, and I'm tapping my head, like, top it out. And he's like, Yeah, bro. It's topped it. out. Yep.
1: That's all <laughs> so, you got. Yeah, that's it. Oh, the end of the day would roll around and we'd open the doors, turn the fan to max with nobody in the control room and literally fly until your arms just, you couldn't hold yeah. your arms up anymore. It was fantastic. So you're doing the sky surfing stuff. Um, and uh, you're pushing to try and get yourself into the X Games against, I mean, some, well,
0: the best. Wow. Yeah, you know just that uh, it's the the list now it just sounds like you're you're naming names right you got mm. um so you had damien hurdlicher who was flying from paris um you had uh tanya garcia who was now uh, tanya o'brien mm-hmm. um and then you had uh team pulse from switzerland uh which was uh never well, come to me and uh Eric yeah, French guy. Yep. He always did 2,000 jams a year. Oh, he yeah. was an animal. He could wrench the board around in any direction doing anything. Vivian Vigrath, who was yep. the Swiss girl from uh, Move & Pick. They were sponsored by Move & Pick. Uh, and and it was just insane. And we accrued enough points over four different pro tours, Switzerland, Germany, uh, Titus van in Florida, Paris. And we accrued enough points to go to the 98X Games, which was Oceanside, California. Mm. Um, air to ground. They got Brian Birkin from from um, Arizona to be the safety guy, as always, because he's the man. Um, we had a casserter to uh, twelve. That's us. I and we remember had, watching we it. We had round and round, and we did. I think it was one. It might have been one team out at a time. Uh, Valery Rozov, the Russian guy, was was ripping it at the time, mm. uh, and went on to do amazing things. Um, and yeah, I just, I just remember like there was a rope at the back with two knots on hang right. off the back. Right. The Flyboys had already done their thing, even though they weren't in the X games, they were, all, they were like a tryout. Sure. Uh, discipline. And, uh, yeah, you had a, like a air to ground thing on your helmet instead of a camera on the front and then you'd have your movie camera on the top. So I had two PC seven sat on the top. So <laughs> I got the footage <laughs> and one of them was plugged into this air to ground and they fired it down to a big jumbotron screen yep. for You know, not the biggest crowd in the world on the beach, but it didn't matter. It was the best demo in the world, right? Of course. And then you'd end up swooping in on the beach. We had matching PlayStation canopies. I mean, I still got um, Melanie Kanata at the time um, came down and she took a picture of us flying over the top of like the edge of the crowd line. And I've still got that picture at home. like on a 10 by 8 that she snapped from underneath as I just lifted my legs up to swoop the crowd line. How cool is that? I oh, did. It
1: know. was a totally different time in skydiving for sure. Totally. What do Before you think tunnels? Uh, that's what changed it all right? Oh, God, yeah. And well, and everybody says the same thing. Tunnels have become uh, um, the great equalizer and uh, the great change for, for skydiving. Yeah. Um, what What do you think the downfall of sky surfing was? Because it went from being the potential. Um, huge segue into the general public is going to get to know skydiving through sky surfing and they did to some degree i certainly took notice of oh well everyone sky used to come
0: everyone used to come to the drop zone and go right well why you start skydiving i want to be a sky surfer. i want to be a sky surfer sure and i think a couple of things happened i think it was um as you know now everything is instant right you can if you don't know the answer to the question you google it boom and that's it everyone's everyone's a genius because of google everyone's got everything instantly AFF means you're an instant skydiver over a weekend. The tunnel means you're an instantly good skydiver if you put enough money into it. Sky surfing is a long route in, and that's it. You can't fake, you can't get there by any other means. There's even a wingsuit tunnel now, right? So you can't, there is no sky surf short route. And it was, it got more difficult because of the moves that were being done. There was some insane stuff being done. The spins, like we, you know, we talk about the, the, the speed of some of the moves that were being done, which were in, were literally pulling the blood in people's hands and they were getting bloodshot eyes from spinning so fast. And I think people just found it too difficult mm. to get to a level where they could compete. And so they went into f- head up flying, which was at the time sit flying, you know, that was the easiest route and it was fun. And you mm. could do it with your mates and you could do it fairly quickly because sure. there wasn't a lot of rules. Um, And the Sky Surfing just, I mean, our nationals in the UK went from a fairly like seven, six, seven people uh, down to five down to you turn up to get a medal. And at that point, you know, and then the world, the world level did the same, Like There was less and less people coming to do the world level and they went, well, this is, this is not working anymore.
1: Well, was it, we talked about it before, was, uh, was it Sean McCormick that came up with The Invisible
0: Man? Yeah. 97. Yeah. Uh, that was down in Titusville. We competed against Sean in uh, the tryouts to get into the XK, uh, to get into the Pro Tour in All 96 right. at Paris. We got to Titusville in 97. He'd been picked up as a sponsored athlete, done 700 jumps. Right. And straight out the box, he's standing on the board in a red and white jumpsuit. And I remember watching it on the screen because they showed it like as you downloaded. Right. And this guy spun so hard standing on the board that he blurred. And literally, you couldn't tell the red from the white, and it just became an incredible blur on the screen. And it was called the Invisible Man because yeah. he started to disappear. Yeah. However, doing that as you came out of it, hands out to slow down, and the, all the blood gets shot out to the uh, extremities, yep. and suddenly this guy's hands looks like you know big flubber hands, and becomes difficult to pull. Yeah. And all these crazy things are going on. I mean, my my uh, sky surf partner Mike pretty much was like, we saw this in training as well, and he's like, well, we sure. can try that. And within three jumps, he's got bloodshot eyes. And I mean scary, bloodshot right. eyes. And I'm looking at him going, dude, we need to stop this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It,
1: gonna, it, it got to the point where, in, uh, um, my partner and I kind of were the same thing. We, well, beside the fact that uh, um, by the time we got into it, the field of, of skysurfing had backed down so much. Uh, and they were still separating male and female. Yeah. Uh, at Which the time. is
0: ridiculous because there's not enough people to fill both companies. No,
1: it was totally ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and so we showed up at the 98 Nationals um, in the intermediate. That's all we were going to do. We were going to go compete in intermediate. We get there and they're doing the big briefing the day before the competition's supposed to start and all the competitors are there and they're announcing who's in what and it was Mary and I in intermediate. That was it. Period. Yeah. And then they, entered, they announced for the open category is Craig and Tanya and that's it. And I'm looking at Mary and she's looking at me and both of us are like, fuck this. Yeah. And step up. Yeah. So Mary held up her hand and she's like, can we compete in open? Yeah. Because, and she and I were of the same mind in that. I would rather fucking get a silver medal for losing to someone than get a gold for, you know, winning by myself. Fuck that. Um, and what that ended up being was because there was no doubt Craig and Tanya were so much better than us that for us, it just became a weekend of fun jumping with two amazing sky surfers that were teaching us shit. Yeah, And you know that's a – A, you know that they're that much better than you when they're teaching you how to do better
0: during oh, yeah. and the And both nationals. of them – I mean, it's not that sort of competition where no one talks to each other. No. And no one's like – it's not this no. four-way and eight-way where everyone's just – in their own zone. Yeah. Um, both Craig no. and Tanya, the way they are, are just so magnanimous. Oh, they, they're absolutely. super helpful. No. And if they see something that like, they can help you with, they will. Um, Craig was already an amazing camera flyer in right. his own right, doing oh, yeah. his own thing. And Tanya had already competed uh, with another cameraman. And so she built up a great repertoire of moves. And when they got together, it was perfect. Great oh, synergy.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, it was... And it was phenomenal. It was a great learning experience for us and, and uh, um, just all around fun. And it took all the weight off. I mean, they knew they were going to destroy us. So well, there was no doubt about that. They were doing that as well, you know? Yeah. So pressure. it was it was just flat out fun. But uh, um, then uh, they the field started to, to get smaller and smaller. And then the moves like the Invisible Man came out and both of us were like, yeah, no, that was fun. Yeah. We'll take our silver medal. Thank yeah.
0: you. Bye. And that's it. So, some of that inverted stuff. Um, I mean, it's a super challenge for a camera flyer. I mean, you're doing stuff that's doing 100 miles an hour, and then you're doing stuff that's doing 160 miles an hour, and the transition between those two moves is one something second, oh, one yeah. or two seconds, and it's, as a camera flyer, it's the most challenging thing I've ever filmed. Well, you're using every that, bit of your max oh range. In both, both, both ends directions. of that, and that's the thing. Yeah. You know, I, so, I used to jump with uh wings from wrist to hip. Yeah. Me too. But also a nylon fronted jumpsuit where I could bring everything in and I could go as fast as possible. And yeah. it was it was more about how we put moves together than the actual moves themselves. Because that was where for me it, it all became I think that's where we did well was you would go from this move to this move to this move and it was the it was the grouting between the tiles sure. if I'm you know yeah, it's that transition. Absolutely. Because you can do a good move but if you can't get it into the next move, it looks shit.
1: Yeah, well, and I don't know uh, really what your style was. Mine was generally our belly and back. I was not free flying, and a lot of the people weren't quite there yet. I mean, there were a few that were doing a lot of the free flying stuff, and I know uh, um, uh, Olav was trying to do shit like that as well. Yeah, well,
0: well Olaf and charles they'd just go off. Both of them in their own sort of genre would go off so crazy that I didn't know what was going on when I watched the video. Right. It was just, just going off in front of us. Christian Schmidt, German guy, used to film uh, Oliver Fuhrer. That was Tim Pulse. Right. Uh Christian used to wear a super heavyweight baggy jumpsuit, no wings, but he could like he could fl- he could fly with Oliver. Um but pretty much ev- most other flyers were wearing wings, and it's super difficult to free fly with big wings. Yeah. You only need one to catch the air, and suddenly oh, boom, yeah, there done. you go, off off yeah. you go. Um yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun uh it's it was a a fun, I would say 96, 97, 98, out of 30 years skydiving, still rank right up there with my most fun years and i've done some cool stuff but sure. that is a it's a an amazing i look back to that and it still just makes me grin oh,
1: of course well in so. uh, the i've always found the funny thing too um especially after when I'm, I'm almost 24 years in as well and and uh people don't even know me as a jumper very much you know maybe they'll see me do hop and pops and stuff yep. but for the most part i'm sitting in the front of the plane exactly and there's yep. there's a shitload of jumpers out there that don't know ice scott have at all and so then they hear the stories that I got eleven thousand jumps
0: and a and a silver medal and this and that, and oh, what? yeah, I yeah. know well that's it because I know guys that that oh, I did this and that back in the day, and blah, blah blah. and it's so easy' because you know four or five magazines come out and you're not on the front cover, and you're the next thing. Yeah. that's it. Yeah. it's moved on and and it's just it moves on so quickly at such a pace, there's always something new. And I think for me, I got out the sky surfing. And I'd already done camera for tandem, and I kind of went back and did that for a while because it was it, the money was good. Right, um, but it was always looking for the next. What is the next part of this sport which can challenge me? Not that I had beaten that part but sure you just gotta stay fresh and do new stuff and this sport never stops giving
1: no 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 and well, it never stops challenging you as as long as you're looking
0: for that challenge That's it. you get bored in this sport you are not looking hard enough
1: no no not at all and i mean uh i took a good break from jumping for quite a while and, and i've told the story before i got back into it when a friend asked me to jump after a four-year break and the, the idea of jumping made me nervous and i went oh shit it's time to jump again that's good, right. right? Yeah, let's get back in the air because I got the butterflies. That that little bit of fear
0: is back again, which yeah. is nice. But people still say, "Do you get scared?" And it's like, "Well, I'm not day to day, but if you haven't done something for a while, oh. you are back in this. You're oh, back yeah. in the seat."
1: Oh man, I, I'm shit. I think I've, I've been down for maybe a month and a half. I've just been too busy to make it out and jump. And I guarantee the next time I put my rig on, I'm going to have. Yeah, absolutely. It. It's going to be bumping a oh, little right bit out there. Shit, yeah. yes, and it should be. I mean, come on, skydiving is is we can make it relatively safe it's still fucking dangerous sport. yeah it is. we're jumping exactly. out of airplanes.
0: yes yeah. you're trusting yeah. your life to nylon and strings and good decisions well the last one is the one right because technology has moved on at such a pace everything is so good you sure know? um it's rare that you have if you weren't jumping a super high performance canopy and you weren't pushing your limits on the equipment side it's rare you're ever going to have a problem yeah you know you do 10 20, jumps on something like a spectre 135 I I can't imagine if you keep your kit in good condition how you'd ever have a problem.
1: Well, I, and I used to say it to all my students, the best way to uh, solve problems in the air is to fix them on the ground. That's it. A good pre-flight of your gear, paying attention when you're packing, not being a bit of an ass clown, and, and just That's it. realizing that- The startup doesn't start your when shit. you're getting out the door, right? No, That's hell it. no. It it's... starts on your drive to the damn drop zone, if yeah. not before. The yeah. decisions you made the night before. Did you get a good night's sleep? Did you have too much to drink or something else? You
0: know, come on. But that's the same as a lot of sports. That's the same as flying. I'm sure because I'm not a pilot, but uh, that's the same as flying. You know, your how you feel affects your day oh, when yeah. you start your day. Whether you start your day positive or you don't have a good sleep or you've had a couple of beers, even if it's a couple of nights before. I don't, you know, I'm not so good with the beers now. Um, right, it happens, and uh, and so you know, you just you feel or jet lag or anything of those things, and that is the first issue mm. that, on that tick list of why an incident comes. That's sure. It.
1: Well, and you and I are getting older, so all those things affect us a little bit. It does. A little harder. Yeah. Yeah. Little, it's uh, um, uh, Again, I've said that before. I still feel mentally like I'm 18 most days, mm-hmm. but physically- yeah, I have to tell my body that sometimes. Oh, man. Yeah. In the morning, I am my age getting out of bed. Holy yeah. shit. I feel it in the morning. And uh, uh, usually after a good five, six hours in the seat flying all day,
0: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel it. I yeah. feel it.
1: So, um you you uh you transitioned out of sky surfing.
0: Yeah. Um, I went I wanted to stay in camera. I love camera. Mm. It's it's still I don't actually fly camera now because I guess five thousand camera jumps, you know, it, it wore me out a little. I like having a um, neck that still I, turns. Exactly. And a lot of those camera jumps were with big cameras and big stills cameras with big lenses and flash guns. Sure. You know, I'm jumping like 20 twenty pound a kit and I've done 3000 plus jumps and we're not talking GoPros, you know that that that's another thousands of, yeah, thousands of jumps but we're there's talking a big of, cameras, there's a lot of know.
1: jumpers out there that don't have any fucking clue what we're talking about if you if you tried to describe it along this, the lines of a vhs tape they still wouldn't know what the fuck you were talking no, about you pick up a,
0: you know you pick up a decent canon camera and you put a lens on and they'll pick up another one and yep. now pick up a flash gun and the cables and the batteries and you you hold that in your hands and go, well, that's fairly solid. Oh, yeah. Go, okay, yeah, now put it on your head and do 1,000 jumps or 4,000 jumps. That's why I don't do day-to-day camera now. Uh, however, I, I it's still my passion. Mm. I will put a Jester Stills camera on. I wish I'd done this a long time ago. I've shot video for years. I went into four-way video. Uh, I filmed the Firmour four-way team, uh, VMAX at the time. Uh, I was asked to do that because their cameraman kind of retired after uh, they'd won a couple of world meets. We won a world meet in 2003. Nice. Um, so we beat the Norwegians by a couple of points over 10 rounds, which was good. So that was my first world meet. My first world meet with 4Way. I did the 97 World Air Games with Sky Surf, Right. With Mike? And uh, so, yeah, 4Way in 2003. Won the world championship, uh, which was awesome. I also got free membership, lifetime membership to the Parachute Association in the UK. Nice. That saved me a couple of grand since. <laughs> right. uh Which at the time, I was like, oh, that's nice. Now I'm like, Yeah. Winner. (laughs) Hindsight. And uh, so, yeah, it was always camera based, camera oriented. And then around uh, 99, I'm doing Tandem camera, finishing with the sky surfing, and the wingsuit came out. Mm. And I filmed the British 100 Way record. Cool. And my buddy had his wingsuit with him, and it's the Birdman classic one zip. That's the, the one where one, you yeah? had to basically roll around on the floor, like, like a like a beetle stuck on its back to get in it, and the zip started like above the above the uh, the belt line, and it was it was a pain to get in. But it was the first wingsuit, um, and I had mine in the post. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to jump it next week." I'm like, "Max, that's awesome." And um, I arrived because I worked on the drop zone with the military uh, a week. Mine arrived on the Monday or Tuesday morning. I jumped it on the Wednesday out of the skyvan. And uh, and I, I spoke to him and he was cursing me because he thought he was going to be the first one to jump it. My CI, my chief instructor, phoned the British Parachute Association and was like, oh, I've got this wing suit. This guy wants to jump it. What do I do? And they were like, well, who is it? So that's 40. He went, all right. Phone me, tell me he hasn't died. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. And I remember getting off That We went out. The Skyvan had come in and dropped troops. Right. And the guy, uh, superb guy, this pilot turned around and he said to the staff at the center, he went, you guys want to jump while I just fly back to the the airfield? To the to the airfield. They have sure. the uh, Skyvan. He said, you guys want to get out or take you to the top? <laughs> Cheers, Dave. So we get on. There's a four-way. Uh, myself and one of my best friends. He's wearing my camera suit with the big wings thinking yeah you got a wingsuit. i've got camera wings we'll you know i'll, I'll film you right <laughs> i was like and i get on the ramp give him a low five because i can't lift my arms very high my heart rate's right through the roof took a deep breath and i dropped off the ramp and i watched him disappear and i watched him fall away from me and i just thought whoa look how fast you're going not thinking look how slow am i going right until i looked up and there's four guys with wide eyes waving at me from the ramp and they are half as close again as this guy and that was on a birdman classic right and i it captured it captured my imagination and i just travelled and wingsuited and i taught other people to wingsuit i helped write the guidelines for wingsuiting in the uk and i just wanted it done but i'm i'm a safety freak i love stuff being done safely sure because i've seen too much too much stuff go wrong right you and so both. it's just easier to avoid it with a little bit of common sense sure um and i've got like 1600 wingsuit jumps now um took a little break in the middle of the 2000s maybe 2006 seven eight but and i think at that point there were so many different type of wingsuits it was like canopies they were going in so many different genres and directions Mm. i was like oh dude i can't you know you're trying to get people with this time with people with that and it just wasn't working for me so i opted out for a little while and did other stuff but uh instructional ratings and stuff but yeah literally uh um i'm I jumped did a wingsuit jump today, and it's it never ceases to make me smile.
1: Nice. Now, well, so how many jumps did you have when you made your first wingsuit jump? Roughly, Oof,
0: I guess. What was that? That was ninety nine. So I must have had two thousand. 2,000 jumps. So, a good chunk of jumps at the time. Yeah, 10 times as many as you need now, right? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs>
1: and it, it, it still got your full and utter attention, scared totally. the shit out of you. Totally. And then became just amazing. I've never
0: checked an meter so so much on one skydive. Yeah, I'm how many times? I'm checking it and I'm looking at it going, well, that's wrong. And I check it again and go, yeah, that must be wrong. And how many times do those mental alarms go off? Yeah, and it's crazy because you got that body clock and it's so used to, I was doing free flying, I was doing all the other stuff, and suddenly it's, I'm getting, I can fly for two minutes. And that's in the first wingsuit. Two minutes mm. was a good Base, I could get, to, and even the the audibles, which would track time at the time, the pro track and stuff, they couldn't sure. keep up. The parameters weren't set correctly for wingsuit so it would go, yeah, we did eight seconds, right? Because then it thinks you've pulled, uh, and I just go out and I used to time it off the video, and I, my thing was trying to fly for as long as possible sure. in this suit, and I could get two minutes ten seconds, and that was incredible. When you think fifty seconds is a normal skydive, oh yeah. So it's
1: what's well, ridiculous. You're more than doubling it.
0: Yeah, but now you know if you're oh, not doing no. two minutes in a wingsuit. Now you're probably not yeah. even opening the wings. All right. right. Now,
1: um, have you ever done any base jumping with this kind of stuff?
0: No, nope. lost my best friend in 1993 base jumping. He went off the Hilton Hotel in the UK, uh, and I was in the military, and I was uh, I was gagging to base jump. Man, hmm. I wanted to do it. You know, it's like you know, I was a young lad. I had, um, 1993, I had a 1993 out of a few hundred skydives then. And I used to jump with him down at my uh, original drop zone, and uh, he was he was my closest mate. He was going to be my best man at my wedding. Mm. I was getting married in '93. He was, um, was going to be my best man at my wedding. And I got up one morning, and uh, I won't go too deep into it, but I'm I'm doing uh, arms training for guard duty, so I'm I'm doing this, and I, I'm like, he's he's gone and done a couple of jumps, and now because I'm not jumping with him off the basic stuff, he's already gone and done some stuff, and he did about five base jumps. And for whatever reason, the guy took him off. To the hilton hotel for me now i look back on that and i think what were you doing mm. and uh, we used still think of uh cfax you'd look on the tv in the morning and it would have just a scrolling list of news stories um that were just in like written like a newspaper on tv sure and i'm watching it and i'm getting dressed and i put my put my dpm uniform on and, and i'm looking out and i'm looking at the scene it says hilton uh base jumper dies off london hilton, hilton and i froze and i knew and I, I literally opened the window to my bedroom, ran out to the payphone across No Mobiles, ran out to the payphone across the way, phoned my uh, phoned my my fiance up at the time, and uh, she'd gone to work already. But her housemate, um, she just went, "Dude, I'm sorry, it's Darren." Uh, man, it crushed me. And I promised her I'd never base jump. And even though there's, there's been a, I've done ground crew photography, I've done a load of stuff sure. involved in the base world because it's amazing. I, I, of course, some of my friends have. Ripped it over the years, but I stuck to that. Never put yourself in a situation where you have to back down. That's my. That's me. Sure. And I, I just didn't do it. And then wingsuits came out, and I thought, well, hang on, I can do this. You know, everyone's jumping off sheerag in Norway, and they're flying away from the cliffs. Right. And I thought, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then everyone stopped flying away from the cliffs and down it. So I down, fly <laughs> down the cliffs. And I've, you know, at the end of the day, I've lost more people. I wouldn't say always close friends. I've lost more people that I've met and known oh, God, and had yeah. a beer with in the last 10 years than I did in the first 20. Oh, and that's insane.
1: I compl- Yeah, no, I'm I'm exactly the same way and it's uh it's the same for me as well. It's if I had to sit and list all the people I know, oh, not God, necessarily no, friends, no. The, but that I've met at somewhere along the lines, it, the list would just be too fucking long. And it's already way too long just if you're talking about casual friends and then people you would consider proper friends, yeah. the list is already too fucking long. So yeah. And my decision wasn't uh, because I lost somebody. It's because I had a kid. That was it. I'm like, no, you know, uh, with base jumping, it, it's not uh, uh, if you fuck yourself up as a win and how bad, uh, you know, the same mentality with motorcycles and all that kind yep. of stuff. But, I uh, ride um,
0: bikes now and my buddy, you base jumped and he did, I think he did some like 800 base jumps. And when he had his daughter, he said, I'm done. Yeah. He did the mushroom. Uh, off the Iger and that was his last base jump he got down to the bottom and he turned around to his buddies and went that's me done and they were like what you're retiring and he went yeah I'm done I've done 800 base jumps yeah. and I'd I'd filmed him I'd been down to uh, France to film him and stuff and take pictures for him and yep yeah, that was him done uh, and I, I had the utmost respect sure. for well, him you know to that do that limit. and I know now and I uh, you know the stuff you were talking about with Junior when There's a moment in your life where you think, I am going to step back from this because the risk versus reward is just not enough. It's
1: not there anymore. That's it. It's just not there anymore. Well, and and for me, I was lucky that uh, the reward, I I never thought it was there. Um, It was was never worth the level of risk that was going to be put out. And I knew I was going to enjoy the hell out of it, um, which meant that I knew myself I was going to push it even further. Yeah. And keep going and going and going. And no, I have enough fun jumping out of airplanes yep. and
0: flying them. But out as out. a rigger, I have the utmost respect for the equipment. I look at the equipment. And it's amazing, God! You guys are pushing the envelope with equipment. It's amazing, you know, harnesses, um, pilot shoots the way they've come on, and the canopies themselves. I mean, it's it's incredible. Oh yeah! And I love the equipment. I mean, I'm, I'm a proper geek when it comes to the equipment. It's just not for me.
1: Mm. Well, and I, I had the chance to talk to uh, Matt and Mike from Squirrel, yep. uh, and uh, um, they actually wouldn't tell me shit about the equipment because they're like, "No, that's fucking boring. Go to the website." <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, which is proper, but uh, um, I'm blown away by the technology. The stuff they're doing to is incredible. It. I mean, yeah. they turn people into little uh, engineless jet fighters. Yeah. It's it's inc- and especially with their background because they don't come from the background that you would think someone would to do what they've done. It's technology, man. Just leaps and bounds forward from where you and I started. Yeah. I mean, when we were jumping with cameras that were almost as big as your head, and and I think it's technology in the sport uh, seems to me. Well, technology in general seems to be both a blessing and a curse. It just it. uh, I yeah. Everything. GoPros, wind tunnels, you name it. It's got two sides. WhatsApp, all that shit fucks with me so bad. Anything like that, it's just oh.
0: yeah the thing is i think um when the gopro first came out and it had the photo mode on it i was like oh you know what that's it i'm screwed or the digital camera come out everyone's going to be a photographer sure actually i think it's worked in the other way around people don't understand cameras no because they don't have to no so it's like it's like when the tesla comes out like and everyone's got one and it's got auto drive it doesn't matter being a racing driver actually it won't make it more difficult, it'll make it easier to become a racing driver because 90% of the population won't be able to drive anyway. And it's the same with the GoPro. You know, you look back, I look at the GoPro now and everyone goes, look at this great photograph. It's like, well, it's a screen grab, bro. Or it's, and it won't blow up bigger than an A4 or whatever. And if you know how to use a camera, it's actually... Unusual now to find photographers. Oh, sure. there's, there's, there's some people here that uh, you know that, that work and they know how to use a lens and change a lens and apertures and stuff. But I, most people, were just like, oh, they uh, don't have a clue. What do well, we do?
1: And I used to be the same way. Even though I started out with, I shit, my first camera was a, a 35 millimeter Canon Elon, yep. um with a, a 15 millimeter Sigma lens. You know, wide angle. That's what everybody was jumping. So I had this massive fucking camera on on the front of my helmet, and and uh, I had no idea how to use it except in skydiving. Uh, that's it. Yep. And so I, I, I don't know why I ended up deciding to do it, but I'm sitting there in my living room with this all this really expensive camera equipment that I have no fucking clue how to, how to use. Uh, and finally decided, all right, no, I'm going to try and figure out what the hell's going on. And I was living in Vegas at the time and I became friends with a, a guy who's still a lifelong friend of mine named Jim that was working at a camera store at the time and is a high-end photographer. And he kind of took me under his wing and taught me a fair amount. And he's extremely skilled when it came to photography. Uh, And I was very lucky in that I had um, access to a lot of um, content being in Las Vegas. You have all these amazing places to shoot. And I was also working in a strip club at the time. uh, And every stripper in that place thought that they were gonna go be famous and they all wanted headshots. And they all wanted cool pictures. So, Jim loved me because... You know, shit. Access every, all areas. <laughs> every three or four days, I'm showing up with another beautiful girl that wants to go take her top off in Red yeah. Rock and take pictures. Yeah, here, sure, I'm a photographer. No fucking clue. No clue. And Jim had to teach me along the way. And that's the only reason that I ended up learning anything about cameras. Yeah. Uh, but even now, they've they've
0: gone so far and above. and Sport mode does it all, right? Yeah, but yeah. It's nice to be... I mean, my, my type, my typical type of photography now i stay away from the wide angle stuff if you want to do wide angle then jump a gopro mm. i don't jump a 15 mil lens anymore i do have a beautiful canon 15 mil lens it sits there in a in a, in a box uh, i like the 85 mil I like the profile i like the um, portrait shots mm. i like your long depth of field and i will i'm a very selfish photographer if i'm honest i will fly i go to tesla every year and i fly for the wingsuit boogie and i will put an 85 mil lens on And I will take one person, and everyone else will fade into into the background. But the background is that depth of field is pulled right into the lens, Uh, and that one guy out of a twenty way will be like, "Oh my god, it's the best picture I've ever seen." And everyone else like, "Yeah, I'm out of focus." (laughs) And it's, but I don't take it for them; I take it for me. Right? And I, you know, and then someone else will be in focus, or I'll get two or three people in focus, and everything else is really soft and crushed into the depth of field in the background, but. It's funny because people are so used to the everyone's in focus. It's sharp forever, and uh, and everyone's uh, everyone wants to buy the shot. It works if you're on a flat formation. If mm. you're above a formation where everyone is on the same horizontal plane it sure. works because everyone's at the same focal distance sure. Sure. but soon as you have stuff like wingsuits which is more of a cloud of people right. there's a lot of disappointed people if they're looking for photos <laughs> with oh. me
1: well but hey come on i mean uh,
0: i'm honest with them to start with <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well you're out there doing it for both you and them and so, yeah. so well, you're gonna have one lucky fucker with an amazing picture absolutely which is cool so um you you do all this military stuff you eventually you're not in the military anymore uh, so when did you walk away from the military? And, 2004. So 2004 out of the yeah. military so in 1990
0: you go- to 2004, and then I stayed at that drop zone as a civilian contractor for rigging, uh, and I ran their rigging room until 2009. Uh, I switched drop zones by that time because the civilian drop zone ended, uh, so I wasn't there at weekends anymore. Uh, I jumped to another drop zone, chucking drogs, doing AFF, uh, and I ran my own. I run my own. Still currently run my own company in the UK, running uh, doing AFF and tandem. And then f- filming for movies, if I can film, like, I've done a lot of filming, so I- I've done, since 1993, I've done stuff that's been paid, and uh, uh, so I've done a lot of filming. Anything that comes along keeps me in the air, if I'm mm. honest, Dean. It's, it's not about what particular thing I want to do, it's I will do anything that gets me out of an airplane. Isn't that nice? It's the best, right?
1: Well, And it, uh, it's it's a very cool thing. I, I remember uh, talking to family members at some point, and, and uh, of course, when you pick something like skydiving as a quote career um they get a bit nervous uh, um, f- my family might have been a little bit different because i quit being a stripper to, to 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 jump out of airplanes so that was a step up uh, in their yep. estimation but still not something you would think of as a lifelong career but here i am 23 years into it and you're more than that as well um there's a lot of longevity in the sport, and um, I explained to them a long time ago that you hit a certain level in skydiving, and you're employed for as long as you're able to do the job. Somewhere in the world, I've got a job:
0: chucking drugs, shooting yep. video, flying
1: yep. a jump plane.
0: For you, it's doing rigging and and uh, Teach teaching whatever students whatever you and- need to do to to stay in the sport. And now skydiving is is to the masses more with the AFF courses and sure. stuff like that. I don't know they've been around a long time, but there was a point where it was static line and it, a lot of people fell away from the sport. And I'm not saying we're keeping people in the sport just because of AFF, but there is a higher retention rate. Sure. So the people that I teach to skydive, I'm then helping them with their parachute choices. I'm then selling them parachutes because I'm a dealer for a PD and I'm a dealer for Sunpath. And I'm then looking after them when they want to free fly and then when they got onto wingsuits. And, and it's just, basically you build your own lifelong profile with these people, and I look around, I'm never proud of them when I'm sat on the plane, I'm at the I'm at the front of the plane next to the pilot, I've got a tandem, and I'm looking down the plane and I'm going, that AFF instructor was my student. Sure. And then the guy in front of him, that guy who's teaching free flight, he was my student. I taught him to free flight, yep. and I taught him AFF. Yep. And there's, you know, there's guys I've worked with all over the world where I'm very proud to see that they are active in the sport because believe me, Dean, I've got in my office a stack of logbooks from people that don't come back sure and that's just through money through family through whatever so the guys that stay the course i'm super proud of them oh
1: without a doubt i I remember my uh uh, kind of my reality check with that moment was when i shot video for a tandem instructor uh and he was my tandem instructor on my very first jump the next thing you know i'm out in front of him shooting video And then a couple of years later, I'm taking a friend of his on a tandem and he's jumping with me and I'm hanging under the drogue with someone else's buddy. And holy shit, that fucking guy taught me how to skydive. That's incredible, huh? Yeah. And then all these years later, I've got uh, quite a few of my students that have gone on to become instructors and do all these really cool things. And you look back and go, holy shit. It's very cool that I played even a small part in this kind of stuff.
0: It kind of makes you feel like you haven't wasted your time because skydiving at the end of the day is a recreational sport. Sure. You know, I'm not changing the world. No. You know, I'm 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 not having invented penicillin, no. you know. So at the end of the day, I'm just chucking people out of planes or taking people out of planes. But when you see other people having fun, you're like, you know, I am adding to adding to someone's life in a positive way. Oh, and yeah. That's it. Whether it be a tandem, whether it be an AFF, whether, whatever. And the guys that shoot video that give amazing products – they're making people happy, and oh, that's yeah. amazing.
1: I fucking did not want to be a tandem
0: instructor. And I'm exactly the same. Oh, F yeah. three year, AFF two years before tandem, I wasn't interested.
1: Yeah, no. No, no, no. I had filmed enough tandems to realize just how fucking hard it was and yeah. how miserable it was yeah. going to be. And I went, no, there's no fucking way. But I got forced into it, and it was, uh, um, you're going to become a tandem instructor or you're unemployed. All right. Well, um, I, I guess know, was I'm- much the same. Yeah. And ended yeah. up becoming a tandem instructor. But all these years later, if you ask me what my favorite way to jump is for me personally, it's taking tandems. Yeah. Uh, Because that one person at a time, you're doing this ridiculously amazing thing with somebody. Uh, You're giving them an experience that um, they would never have otherwise and um, in your own unique way. And you're learning how to um, read people in an amazing way. Oh, my God, I've learned more about the human psyche and what it takes to get someone to do something they absolutely do not want to do at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, you paid for the tandem, but they're at the door and they do not want to. And you have to learn people really well. And then to to get them through that and to land to the ground and and you've just given this person this
0: amazing experience. And how can you not see them walking away and go, oh, yeah, fuck yeah.
1: I'm a badass. I need
0: that. And it's ego. But you know what? Sure it is. There's nothing better. I took a lady today, a Dutch lady, and she was like, oh, I'm super nervous. And I'm like, yep, don't worry. Everyone is. And... When the first tandem went out, she just turned her head to the side. She went, I, I, I can't do this. And I said, you can do this. I said, we are a team and we're going to have a fantastic adventure. I said, just keep your head up and let's do it. And I could hear her giggling in free fall. not that amazing? Like, and she's giving it the hearts and the, the waving and the kisses. And I'm smiling because I know that she's found that moment as we go out the door where it goes from terrifying to beautiful and sure. freedom. And, and she said to me under canopy, she went, oh, I'm so proud of myself. And, and she should every be. Every time you get under canopy and someone's like, it's beautiful, you just think, I love this job. Oh, yeah. No, no. it's what well, Could and, you not love? And I mean, people
1: say I have the best job over a whole bunch of different things. And it's it's a very subjective thing. But I'm convinced we have some of the best jobs. Yeah.
0: And people tell you that every day. They go, oh, you're the, the best job in the world. You're so lucky. I'm like, yeah, yeah. was 20 years of hard work, and it's so lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I fell into it. Well, that, that being said, we bust our fucking asses. I mean, we make it sound like it's just all happy days.
0: and Yeah, it's not all shits and giggles. No, man. It's a whole lot of hard work. Yeah. You know? And physically. Oh. There's no doubt about it. You know, I have 14, 000 sky lives. I am. I am 49 next week. Yeah. And I think I'm conditioned to doing what I do. Sure. If I take time off, <laughs> whoosh, I tell you what, that's the worst thing. Mm. You take time off and you don't jump for a week, suddenly you feel it. Oh, Whereas right. if you're doing it every day, I don't know how the body works like that, but if I, you'd expect that you do it every day and you'd be hurting every day. But actually, I find if I don't skydive and I don't skydive hard, I suddenly, oh my God, that didn't hurt last week. I haven't even done anything to make that hurt. Sure. Right? And suddenly it's... And I see all these kids stretching every day. They're like, I'm going to stretch there and I'm going to do this. And I think, oh, I wish I'd done that 20 years oh, ago. Oh, you and me. wish old. I just had the brains to do that. No, nope, you know? I'd show up cold at
1: the drop zone. <laughs> me too. Have a cup of fucking coffee, toss on a rig and go yeah. bang out. God And knows go to 15,000
0: RPM straight off the bat. Oh, yeah, without a single stretch. <laughs> With the coldest stretch. engine in the world. Dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. And now I'm the old guy in the back of the yoga yeah. studio that's creaking through every fucking pose. <laughs> I
0: used to watch the airspeed guys in Arizona. I used to take students to Arizona to free fly. I'd have two students. We'd do lift one, two with one student, and then two with a second. And I'd back to back. After four jumps or eight jumps, we'd have so they did four jumps each. Uh, we'd have a we'd have a twenty-minute talk, repeat stuff. Sure. Uh, and I used to do sixteen jumps a day. They'd do eight jumps a day. Sure. And I'd do that for ten days. Oh yeah. And then I'd take a day off, and then I'd have another two students come in, and I'd do the same again. I'm doing three hundred jumps in in three weeks, yeah. right? And that and I now look back at that and now, think, I can do that now. And even the locals, like there's Travis and stuff, and they're like, "Dude, you push hard." I'm like, "I'm sleeping on the plane home," and uh, yep. that's about it. Yep. It wasn't until I was on the plane home that I went, "Oh yeah, that hurts." Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: No, there's no doubt. But when when I was in uh, Cross Keys, uh, we were going hard during the season. Of course, it's feast or famine, so you get as much in as you possibly can. And you were pissed off if you weren't doing 100 jumps a week. Yeah. Um, (laughs) How the fuck I did that for two and a half
0: years. You know, it's an insane amount of jumps. Uh, it
1: really is. A hundred jumps a week and you have no, we have no idea what the long-term effects of that to your body yeah. are. Holy
0: oh, shit. I've got a good idea, but yeah, yeah no, it's positive. It. <laughs> uh, I'm getting it. We're the litmus test for yeah, exactly, exactly how fucking bad it can get. Yeah.
1: And it's, oh yeah, no, I, I wish. I, I remember uh, I was in Arizona, as a matter of fact. I'd taken a friend out to get her AFF uh, and uh, uh, Arizona wouldn't let me jump uh, to shoot video. Um, because it was, what's his name's, uh, um, video concession. He's like, nope, I don't give a fuck. If she wants video of her jump, she can pay yeah. for it. So I sat on the ground, uh, while she did her jumps. And I remember seeing, uh, Sean McCormick, um, leading a little bit of a yoga class in the morning in the, uh, hangar. And I remember walking past him going, what is this fucking hippie bullshit?
0: And now I wish I could go back. I did the same with S Oh. I used to get everyone together and they do their circle and they do their stuff and I'll be like, "Fuck that!" I'm having a coffee. Yeah, and I now wish, <laughs> wish I sneaked into that circle because oh, yeah. I mean, you know.
1: Oh, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm ten surgeries in now, and I guarantee probably seven of them I could have avoided if I'd have just fucking stretched. If yeah. I can give anybody listening yeah. advice, yeah. stretch.
0: Be stretching yeah. right fucking now. Exactly. Yeah, listen to put your earbuds in uh, and and do your yoga. Uh, don't do it publicly outside on instagram just do your yoga for yourself not for everyone else yeah and, no shit uh, it's
1: not always about the fucking selfie yep, exactly. Really but, yeah exactly but
0: uh yeah it's all good bro so th- 30 years now you've been jumping yeah 88 to uh well it's now coming up 31, 31 right? years so, so 31
1: years up. into it and you're yeah. still going like a bat out of hell what's your advice for somebody just getting started or somebody that's hit the wall and they're thinking it's time to hang it up
0: oh i know people that both ends of that scale if you're starting It's a lifetime, right? Mm. It's not something you need to pack into a year. And if you try and pack it into a year, you're going to hurt yourself and have to stop. Mm. So don't pack it into a year. Pack it into a lifetime. But do as much as you can over, uh, you know, get good at something before you move on. Don't be that guy that's done his AFF and he's done his formation stuff and now he wants to free fly and he's head up and he's actually head down and now he's in the tunnel and now he's tracking and how many jumps you you got, bro? And he goes 110. Mm. Like, whoa, you must be good at everything. Because you're not. Yeah, no. And wingsuiting and camera, and they're all different genres. So mm. just approach them, learn, listen to people. And if someone says to you, dude, take a step back, just relax, don't downsize or whatever, don't downsize the parachute or whatever. If that guy has got two good working arms and two good working legs, he's probably doing something right. Oh, and yeah. He's not trying to stop your fun. That's the thing. No one is here to stop you having fun. They want to... They want to elongate the time yeah, you can have Yeah, they want you fun. to be able to keep having fun. That's the thing. And that's it. And if you're in the sport for a long time and you've got to the point where you go, I'm done with this, try something new. Mm. Go and get a wingsuit course. Go and do some free flying. Because I know a lot of people that have done FS for years and they're like, you know what? My drop zone's closed, so I'm probably going to hang it up. And I'm like, don't hang it up. There's mm. so much to do. I don't know what I'll do when I start. I mean, I wakeboard. I snowboard in the winter. Not this winter because I'm working hard. But, um, you know, I love, I love different sports. I think as an instructor, you should always go back and learn something new. Sure. Because in that way, you realize actually pff, that guy you can't arch isn't a retard. He just hasn't got it yet. Sure. Uh, you know, and when I'm on a wakeboard and I know exactly what I'm meant to do and then I stack it into the wake without standing up and I go, God knows the guy you can't arch and it gives you a a different perspective. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I, so. I think I've said it on every single podcast. One of my favorite things about the sport is that you're always learning, and uh, that even after all these years in the sport, because of all the dramatic changes, especially because of the wind tunnel that have come about, I suck at a lot of the stuff that's going on these days, which is wonderful because it just means I've got that much more I can learn. Yeah. You know, when I took my uh, God, almost four years, I took a break from jumping. I, uh, I had somebody else point this out. I didn't really take a break from the sport. I just stopped jumping. But I was still flying in the sport pretty still much. Still immersed. Yeah, you know, so I'm still very deep in the community and deep in the sport and deep in all the activities. I just wasn't jumping because the jumping had just faded a little bit for me. So for me, taking a break was a great thing um, because then I came back and it had all jumped so far past me
0: that now I'm just a fun jumper. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. I see people just – people rush in. People yeah. rush in, they want to get it done. I've got guys in the UK, and the guy's got he's off his AFF, he's doing his formation skydiving. He's maybe got 60 jumps, and he's like, Hey, 40. Uh, when can I do a wingsuit jump? And I'm like, Well, 200 jumps in 18 months, 500 jumps if you can't do 218 in 18 months. You mm. know? Uh, and he's like, Oh, okay. Uh, is there anywhere I can do it quicker? <laughs> oh, I'm <right>. like, <sighs> Oh, buddy, you know, sure,
1: you can go to Lodi. <sighs>
0: yeah. I'm <laughs> um, like, Come on. And that's that's sadly the mentality with uh, a lot of well today's society is get it done get it done get it done yeah. I can do it yesterday no it's instant
1: well and it's, everything's it,
0: instant half of the time they don't even want to do it because they want to do it they want to do it because they want
1: to try and impress other oh, that's people That's the other thing with if the I get it on, on
0: Instagram then it's then I'm cool right yeah, how many I, likes kind of get.
1: I took this chick on a ride along uh, a couple of weeks back and she got in the airplane put her headset on and promptly the entire flight did took nothing selfies. but take selfies. I, know, right? I don't think. She looked outside the plane once. That's insane. And I don't understand that mentality. It's, I, I don't get it. I, if if I've done my job right, or if I think I've done my job right, you should forget to take pictures, not forget to look outside. Yeah. So I don't. There's definitely a, a loss in communication between that's me and an somebody. Age, like
0: you know that. what? That's an age group thing as well. Because I look at I look at that and I laugh and I think, oh, you're so narcissistic. It's sure. just terrible. Sure. But I just people live off it, and that's fine. But it, it, it has its place. It does. Take cool pictures, post cool pictures. And if people like them, they like them. But you know what? Don't sweat it if they don't.
1: You know, and I've had to – I never had an Instagram account until this last year. And I haven't used it – or until two years ago. And I hadn't used it for shit until I started doing this podcast. And the only reason that I really started to do it was to promote the podcast. Um, I fucking hate it. <laughs> all, of, all of the pictures no, get are of other people. I have my yeah. guests on and I say, okay, you guys send me really cool pictures because I don't have to fucking post pictures of myself. I can yeah. post them of you guys and you guys are doing much cooler shit than me. I'm just flying the plane.
0: Yeah.
1: You guys are doing all the badass well, shit. Well, I
0: thought Instagram was, I thought Instagram was like the new Flickr. I thought Instagram was going to be photographs, going to be amazing right. and you're going to post some cool shit on, right. on Instagram of skydiving and stuff that's just- out of most people's reach, right? Sure. Because they just don't get off the couch. Right. And then I realized that when I saw a picture of, uh, I don't know, whoever it was, and there was 370,000 likes, and it was literally just a picture of a chick's face. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I posted a cool, badass picture of an XRW jump, blah, 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 with the sunset, and it got something like 125 likes, and I was just like, yeah, it's not about the photography, buddy. Don't even, don't sweat it. Don't I chase know. it, because... Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. I've
1: I've put up um, some of my guest photos that have, and granted, I don't have much of a following, but just ridiculously amazing photographs that don't seem to get all that much attention. But one of the ones that keeps popping up in my feed is a chick's nipple with a fucking mouse tattooed
0: on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i haven't seen it but i can visualize it's it. just
1: a nipple yeah. is the face and yeah. the ears and yeah, the eyes yeah i get and it I'm like you've yeah, got to be fucking kidding I know, right? me yeah you've got to be kidding me so yeah, it's yeah. a
0: popularity contest bro. Yeah. and that's and, it and, and if you want to enter that that arena then you're either going to be disappointed or you, you know well it, and it, if
1: that's your bag then Evans is going to be a rough sport on you yeah because if you don't have a thick skin in this sport oh man yeah. yeah, soft, soft skin people—people people that are easily offended—don't generally tend to do too well in skydiving. You no, got to have a—it's a, a,
0: it's a quite a crew when it comes to some banter. It's good. Oh, absolutely! So well, it's brutal, but that's what we like, right?
1: That's kind of my favorite part and about yeah. it. So yeah, I, mean, I can yeah. give as good as I can take, and and God knows I've I've ended up having to be on
0: both sides of that. You can over have the years. some quiet days on the plane, and then you can have some days on the plane where you're actually thinking, "Am I getting paid for this?" Like today for me, I got to be fair. Today for me, I laughed all day long my students were fantastic I did uh, seven tandems my camera flyer was fantastic and the whole plane was just like some mini party going on all day and I'm like this is insane dude yeah. I'm getting paid for this, yeah. this yeah. Is, and like everyone who says this is the best job in the world I'm like you are not wrong yeah, damn this right. is nuts well, and I
1: have the same days up in the front where I'm having a, a hilarious conversations on the headset because me and another pilot that are flying another plane and the ground crew and everybody are just in yeah. that perfect vibe and we're all shooting the shit and having a good time and The people are in the back having a good time, and I'm getting high fives from people as they're going. And you hear the passengers screaming as they go out the door, and they're my favorites too because you get the ones with the good set of lungs that leave. And it's wah, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's or just the, a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> it's the cartoon yeah. version. And those are the days when you you're you're literally going, oh fuck, it's wow, this is ridiculously yeah, amazing, exciting. and you're heading home at the end of the day, going, that was that work? I, yeah. Did I? Am I paying for that, or am yeah. I getting paid
0: for that? Yeah. I suppose that's the that's the real test of it all not about the view right no well it's part of it it starts off about the view yeah. and then after a while it's just yeah. uh, it's it's about just, jumping with your bros and and, and seeing the grins and, yeah, and it's the joy it well of well
1: yeah. i'll tell you what man this has been absolutely fantastic we're gonna have to do it again sometime yeah sounds good keep it in the air man keep jumping Always keep doing well. all that crazy shit all right thanks Dave. last take cheers. care thanks bro cheers Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as NZ Aerosports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the extreme sports collective. Head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, Check out SummitParachuteSystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs, rigging courses, and more. Buy Flyaway Indoor Skydiving. Go to FlyawayTN.com and check out all the cutting-edge stuff to come. Buy Pure Spectrum CBD. Head to PureSpectrumCBD.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available, hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or The Accidental Stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening, we'll see you next time.